Welcome to Season 2 of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. Welcome to the Week Pastors Podcast, and I just want to say something. I, I'm seeing something incredibly pathetic about Sua right now. Pathetic? Really? That's the word you chose? It's pathetic. It is so pathetic. I wish we had video. He, she's got a deck of cards right now, and she's trying to shuffle them right now, <laughs> and she's terrible yeah, at I it. I just came I mean, back she, from Vegas. Like, I'm really good at this now. I've never seen you struggle so much with anything. And the facial expressions you're making. <laughs> I'm concentrating. You, know, you need to put this up on a video. Just just what you're doing right now with your face. Like just trying to, you'd be a terrible dealer. Anyway, so thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Sua, before we get to those cards, all right? We'll kind of explain what we're doing. Before we get to those cards, uh, I do have a rule. I have, a, I have a cool question for us. And I think it'd be good for our audience cool to know about question. this. Cool question. I think it's cool. I just you know, just uh, uh, an information because people know that you used to work at our church. But I would love for you to share what was your sort of your best day of ministry, like your best moment of ministry that you were at Metro for the past five years. Like when you think about the five years you gave to us, like what was like the one like highlight for you? I said this was it. This was this was a real special moment, you know, for me. So you're gonna answer yours first, right? Um. Yeah, but I have so many. It's like so hard. It's like which one do I pick? I really. I'm. I'm just trying That's, to. You well, know. you also. I mean, how many years have you been? It's, it'll be 19, 19 in April second. Wow. Nineteen in April second. Yeah, nineteen years. years. So I have a lot kind of to choose from, and it's just like, whoa, what do I? What do I do here? Um. So yeah, I, I would say one of the things, a couple things. I we did a we had an Easter service at um at the Bergen Pack Theater once. Were you there then? Which, Shua? What was the theme? The Berg? No, no, we only had one in the Bergen Pack Theater. It was huge. It was it was Wait. that huge theater. The, 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 no, the... you did it twice at the Bergen Pack Theater. No, we oh no, 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 no. That's right. I was not there. I was not at the Bergen. Yeah, Pack. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. No. So uh, that was like, I mean, I was just like, oof, man. I hope we can. Like it was like fifteen hundred seat, you know, auditorium, and um, and it was such a great service. Uh, it wasn't just because of so many people came out, but I think it was so great just because of like how everything was so beautifully done. I mean, Angela did some amazing creative stuff with the arts. That was just awesome. She had, you know, her nephew come and do a dance and it was outrageous. But like the stuff, the way, the kind of the arrangement she did with the music, it was just so powerful. And it was, it was just a great Sunday of worship. So I, I would say that to me, that was probably one of my highlights. The other highlight was... um you know, after we came back from Zamele, uh, our our this is when we first started Zamele, Zamele USA. Um, uh, Ron, who was our our kind of ED at the time, who was a volunteer ED, he applied for the uh, Willow Creek's uh, Leadership Summit Award, the Courageous Leadership Award, and he's like, you know, I want to I want to apply for this. I think I think we could, you know, we, we can we might have a chance. And I was like, really? I was like, oh, all right, you know, because I, I used to go to leadership Wait, for Zamele or for the church. For, for Metro, oh, Metro's for Metro. influence okay. on on what we've done, you know, with Zamele, okay, in South Africa, and then the if we win, they would bring us in front of the summit and acknowledge us and give. I forget how much we. I think we got like seventy five thousand dollars, you know, uh, to win uh, when we win it. Well, if That's if we, we would win it. That's awesome. So yeah, so he applied for it, and I never thought we would even have a chance. Like never in a million years did I think we would have a chance. And we won, we won. So I, they I picked think one I for. Remember that? Yeah, I just I couldn't believe it. And I remember like they acknowledged us, and then you know, and they put us up on you know the thing on at, at the summit, and we said hi, whatever. And then like I remember like people from all over the country that I knew, they were like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" They want to instantly know more about Zamele because of that, right? And uh, and I remember talking to the people who kind of decided, and then we, oh, and then we had lunch with Bill. Bill Hybels. And so at the time, that was kind of like a cool moment oh, for me to have oh, lunch with that Bill guy. Hybels. I got to tell you, that guy, a high introvert, like just really shy. Which I would never introvert. expect from like he the persona. He just did not look like he wanted to be there. Like you could tell he came in a little late because he had a couple meetings and he's like, oh, hey, hi guys. And he was just like shy, like so just a weird. real high introvert. That yeah. But so anyway, like they said that the reason why we won was because we got a lot of other pastors and churches involved. Like, you know, I took him out on trips and stuff like that because somebody was generous enough to sponsor the trips. And he just said, like, you are multiplying your effectiveness. And I was like, oh, that's mm. cool. That was a pretty cool moment, I think. So, yeah, some of those. I would say staff retreats, though. Like, if I just think of outside of, like, you know, what we, you know, what we did at the church or a major service we did, 
like our staff retreats are real special and uh, I just really love staff retreats. So we usually have a great time there. So those would be my moments. But what about you, Sua? Man, I feel so um, like wah-wah after that answer because you're basically like, I can't even like name all of the times when I was so blown away. <laughs> I was you know, I'm sitting here being years. like, no, I know, but like I should have. No, but th- I really can't think of like a single time when I was like so blown away or like in awe because, you know, there were a lot of highlights here and there. I mean, you know, to be honest, like all our living it ups were awesome. I had, some, mm-hmm. you know, I thought it was amazing. Um, You know, we had some really I mean, I think the volunteers I was always very moved by because I just couldn't believe that people wanted to do this when it's not part of their job. Like, why are you doing this? And I think that was very humbling for me. But, you know, the I will say this one, and I don't know if this really answers your question, but it was um, the thing about starting a ministry from scratch is that um, it's very hard to see. In one way, it's really easy to see the progress. But on the other hand, you can't see it because there's still so much more to do. Mm. Um, and for me, I'm somebody who is not easily happy. <laughs> like, I'm happy, but I'm also, if I if I am given something, like, I have very lofty desires of where I want yeah. it to go. Yeah. And yeah. I think the fact that me starting Jack was coupled with the phase of my life where I was also starting a family, like, with kids, yeah. was really hectic for me because... I constantly felt like I was failing on both ends, which apparently is the story of all working moms everywhere. But I really felt like I was failing all the time because, you know, I would come home after a day of work and granted, like a lot of that time was spent talking to people. So like, I get it. But then I would come home and I would still have like a million more things that I wish I could have done. Um, because that's the whole point. That's the whole thing about starting something is there's yeah. always something else to do. Um, and right. I, always felt like I didn't, I could only focus on the things that I hadn't done versus the things that I had done. I, why are you smiling? No, I just, I just remember there are times you're like, okay, PP, I'm not going to be in the office today. I got to get my work done. And you will like go to, to Starbucks like, and you will like go away and you leave the office. I was like, where's Sua? Where's Sua? It's like, she's working. That's what she's no, doing. Like, literally, leave her alone. I would come home and John's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm working. He goes, I thought you were at work today. I was like, I was. That's the problem. <laughs> But you were like will... you were my Google, my Google, my Facebook. You were like you help you help create such a, a happy working environment. Well, I will tell you so that so you know, I never ever, and I've said this before, and I stand by what I said. There was never a time on for for us. I guess it was Monday night because Mondays we have off. But there was never a time on Monday evening when I ever was like, oh God, I have to go to work tomorrow. Like never. Like mm-hmm. I loved. Yeah going to work like 100% loved being at work I never dreaded it Um, but there was this one time this was like maybe three years maybe four years into Mm. working at Jack um, that somebody from the outside at another church had emailed me and said hey we're thinking about starting um, like a justice ministry and I just wanted to see if you had any time to get together with me and like one of my other volunteers to see what you guys have done and we just want to hear like what you've done so that we can be inspired yeah. and see yeah. where we can go. So I was like, oh, okay. So then I, I remember I was preparing for the meeting. So I was writing out all the things that we had done. Mm-hmm. And I was so blown away because this list was like <laughs> three and a half pages long. I'm just know, yeah. bullets and bullets and yeah, bullets and bullets. Yeah. And I was like, I had no clue the number of things that we were doing <laughs> because I was so in the middle of doing yeah. them. And you all I the could trenches. think about was... You don't know when you're in the trenches. Yeah, yeah, I just didn't know. I was like, we still need to do the community center. Like, we still have to do all of these other things. Like, we could add so many other events. But then when I put them down on paper, the number of things that we were doing, like, we, I could see it, like, happening. Like, I could yeah. see the actual yeah. groundwork being yeah. laid. And I think that was the first time in my, you know, however many years I had been there where I was like, I'm doing something like God is actually using me to do something. And it was really odd to see Mm. it on Mm. paper like that. Yeah. Um, so I just remember, and I said to Clay, I was like, Clay, what is at the meeting with me? Pastor Clayton. It's like, Clay, look at all the things we're doing. <laughs> and he was like, mm, great. <laughs> like, you know, cause he's, that's just how he is. But yeah, man, yeah. I was, I was, I was really, I was very thankful. Listen, I mean, you, 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 you took, we had a huge problem in our church for those who are listening. And here was, here was the problem of Metro community church at the time before we hired Sua. We talked a good game about being a church of justice, advocacy, and compassion, but we never was successful in it. We failed every time we've tried. We've had lay leaders come to try and do it. 
And I just felt like like every time somebody would emerge potentially to help us and take over, like they would just kind of somehow figure out a way to leave. And I'm just feeling like I thought has the enemy taken them out on purpose? And I knew it's this possible. was such an important ministry. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, yeah, until we hired you, um, Jack would have never taken off. And really, we were where we are today, and and our influence in Englewood is where we are today because of the legacy you left, and you built such good relationships with people in the community, like leaders in government. And uh, and we were able to build upon that when you left. And so one of my favorite things that you did, um, I think, is when you uh, led the uh, cultural immersion small group. Remember that? I was going to say it wasn't my sermon. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you would want me to bring that up. But anyway, yeah. Remember that cultural immersion small group that you did? That, wait, hold on. That we was... did that. No, we did yeah, that. Yeah, but I mean, you really led the whole thing. You came we up did like two your... seasons of it. Right. And and we did it after you. Sunita followed. That was after. excellent. It, it was so much fun, but it was, it was so, so great fun. to watch. We well, basically what it was is that we did we watched movies of different cultures. And then Sua would come up with these questions and we would have to answer the questions. And it would just really give people an opportunity to understand like the Korean culture, Chinese culture, you know, Ch Chinese American. Uh, you did, you know, uh, the Latin culture, of course, mm -hmm. the black culture. And then, um, oh, you did one more. I keep forgetting the other one. I can't um, remember. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Muslim culture. Mm -hmm, remember we mm -hmm. did that one That's right yeah That's so it's right. just it was so great and it just allowed us to you know enter into the worlds of other cultures and really ask and try to wrestle with some questions that you asked and i, I just love that small group i really did and uh, and we did it after you and that was sort of like another legacy and i'd love so to fun. host another one yeah it was Sunita, but that was a lot oh, of fun and the prison worships were awesome oh too. my gosh the prison oh I can you share that what you shared when you remember <laughs> Remember that that funny story? I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Just okay, for our fine. viewers. They, they, just, they deserve it. They deserve it. Who's they? Huh? Our viewers. They They're deserve like, to hear this. This is hilarious. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know if this is worth that, but um, so we we had launched this prison ministry through um, you know what, talking a lot about Michael Hong lately. Yeah, one Michael of our uh, Metro yeah. members. My and he um he had been doing it, and so he had come to me and said, I think that, you know, I really feel like our church should get involved in this. And I was like, yeah, yeah this is completely biblical, right? Like it's literally yeah. biblical. Yeah. We should do this. And so it's an actual maximum security prison. It's apparently where they film like Rambo, right? Um, no, 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 no. Locked up, locked up. Oh, I thought it was Rambo. No, okay. So up. anyway. Um, Stallone. Stallone oh yeah, oh, yeah the Stallone yeah, movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So it's like a, it's, it's a pretty imposing. Oh, it's, it's maximum security building. Yeah. It's maximum security. And you know, I'm sh I don't know if you guys know much about getting into a maximum security prison, even as a volunteer, like it's very, very strict. And one of the things is that you, you're, you have to be pre-cleared and then um, you have to bring your actual government issued ID, obviously, right? Like that's like a basic. So on the first day that we're supposed to go do our worship service, like I have this team of people who've been pre-cleared um, and I'm sitting there and I realize I forgot my wallet. So like, I don't have my driver's license and I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? And so, you know, my husband, John at the time was a resident and he was in the OR, like doing a surgery. So I'm like frantically calling him and I'm like, we were, so the prison's in Rahway and my house is in Inglewood, which is I think like a 40 minute drive. Yeah. And so I'm calling John. I'm like, John, if you've ever cared for me or love me at all, you need to get out of the OR and go to my yeah, house and yeah. bring me my Screw driver's the license. surgery. Get the heck out of there. Yeah. It's about God. It's what is more important. So anyway, John's like, oh my gosh, like I'll go, I'll go. So he, he drives all the way from his from Newark, which is where his hospital was, to Inglewood, gets my license and comes back. Except, you know, it was already time and I was obviously late. So all the other volunteers, including you, um, had to go in first. And yeah, so I was just yeah. sitting there outside waiting for John to bring me my license. And so everybody else goes in first and um, John finally gets me my ID. I get in. And so I go in late and the service had already started. Um, and then towards like the middle of it, you know, they asked us to each come up and introduce ourselves. Um, and so everybody's going and then it was my turn. <laughs> so bad. So I stand up and because I am who I am and I am just who I am, I decided to make a joke, you know, to lighten the mood. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. So I said something along the lines of like, oh, sorry, I'm late. You know, like I forgot my ID. So I had to get like my husband to bring it for me. And, you know, man, it was really hard getting into this prison. I bet you nobody has tried this hard to get into a prison before. And then <laughs> yeah, I look over and 
the group that I brought is just like mortified. Like their yes. faces were just like, I cannot believe she just made a prison joke in prison. <laughs> Listen, I did, thought it was did, funny. Okay? Did people laugh though? Of course they laughed. It's like this little Asian oh, woman. You think they wouldn't funny. laugh? Also, right, this was then. these are all like like born, born again brothers. Like they have the love of God in their hearts. Like of course they're going to be compassionate and laugh for me. Oh man, you you you're a the piece church of, work. of the reconciled. You, yeah, you are a piece of work. You are a piece of work. I that, didn't that... even think it was bad until later. Michael Hong literally was like, "I cannot believe you no. had the nerve to do a prison joke in prison." I mean, it was appropriate. Sue, remember the time when, um, you know, we had that sort of that ex exodus of people leaving the church and we went to a huge financial crisis and then we did the prison ministry one day and I actually just shared a little bit. I'm like, yeah, our church yes. is currently in a financial crisis yes. and I was not ready to yeah, receive what that. these guys gave me because in the course of about like two months, they were mailing checks, cash, and, you know, they don't make any income. Any literally any income in prison. I think they make a little bit. They get like what? Like twenty cents per 20 hour. Twenty cents an hour like or something yeah. like that. Some people would give gifts into the hundreds of dollars, wow. which is crazy. And then some people gave like twenty dollars. But at the end it ended up being a few thousand dollars. That's and that's every crazy. one of the letters were, Man, we want to continue to support Metro. We feel like, you know, Metro's wow. a part of us. And you know, if you're struggling, we're struggling. So here's here's some money. We want to give money. And I was like in tears. I was like, I cannot believe. Yeah. yeah. Like they, and this is the whole thing in Matthew 25, right? Jesus says, whatever you do to the least of these, you do it unto me. We always think as Christians, we're going to bring Jesus and to help people minister to them. But the reality is, is that they end up ministering to us even more. And we encounter yeah, totally. God's presence so powerfully yeah, through quote unquote, those who are the poor and the oppressed. And so, man, I just, I just remember that. But that was a funny story. That was a good story. That was awesome. It was a hilarious I joke. I stand by my joke. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, cool. Cool. Well, we, we, we got another fun episode and we're going to do something. We're going to. What, what are you doing? Get get those cards back. It's called. Um, I'm, well, they're question. They're conversation starter questions. And it's going to be, you know, an episode about because somebody recently said to us or said to me that they really like the banter part of our episodes. Yeah. And so I said, you know what? What are we if we don't oblige our faithful listeners? We will do That's an episode right. all about banter. Um, That's right. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to pick some questions from this deck that, can you stop shaking your head at me? I'm you trying are, my best at I mean, shuffling the cards. All right. So I got to ask a question. All right. I, and, and, and if it's offensive, I apologize ahead of time. But why do you think you're so bad at this? I'm not sure how to answer that. I don't think I'm bad. <laughs> I just, oh I my God, excellent. you just came out from Vegas. That is I'm as bad excellent. as it gets. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm shuffling. Uh, I'm shuffling. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that kind of shuffling is not going to do anything. I'm serious. That does nothing, Sua. Sua does nothing. Just, you, just pick a listeners, card. I'm going to put it towards the microphone. You can hear the amazing shuffling that I'm doing. I hope you can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> all right are you ready for the you're first on, question? you're on fire today by okay. the way Go we're gonna it. do a question and then you look at the time and then when we run out of time we'll stop okay okay are you ready go for it let's go oh interesting what do you think god thinks about when he thinks about you oh, <laughs> what are, are these christian cards some of them are oh man okay i was i thought they're like secular cards or something like some that. of them are okay what do you think God thinks about me? Hmm, that's a great question. I mean, I know Pastor Shirley would be like, he has your picture on his refrigerator. Doesn't she always say? <laughs> I feel like she always says like that. But what's up with that voice, man? I don't know. She's so like earnest and sincere all the time. She's the most sincere person i have ever met in my entire life oh like nothing goodness. she says is ever like frivolous or sarcastic like she's just the yeah. most sincere loving, earnest, caring loving. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i mean pure goodness but anyway she's all heart she is so she is. much heart is. yeah yeah she's really good hmm. if, if you have an answer i would love for you to answer it first so i can think about this why do you think god thinks i think well i think he thinks i'm hilarious <laughs> I think I make God laugh. Listen. 
Wait, listen, today you are hilarious. No, because I am a firm believer um, in that God has a sense of humor. And mm. I've long believed that, but it really became solidified recently when I was watching The Chosen. <laughs> and Jesus was so funny. Jesus oh, was so funny. Which one? Which show. one? Uh, the, the wedding? No, in just all of them. Like he it's makes so- a too soon joke. Like it's so funny. Right. And I just never, and I feel like, I genuinely feel like God has a sense of humor. And I think he enjoys my sense of humor um, because he has a very sophisticated level of humor like I do. So we share that. Um, (laughs) But I think that he, you know, I think that he knows that even though um, sometimes people think I'm very rigid and not flexible and pharisaical, I think. People is you, okay? People is you. <laughs> um, I just want to make that clear. I think that God sees the fact that at the end of the day, I'm trying. Like, I'm trying to do right by him. And I feel like even though it comes off really, like, extra sometimes, and mm. even though I fail all the time, and I commit a million sins all the time. Okay, yes, it's a million. Not a million sins. Not for um, you. 999,999. Yeah. Um, I feel like at the end of the day, because he's God and he can see my heart, mm. like he sees that I'm trying. I'm just trying to do right by him. Yeah. But I yeah, think he yeah. appreciates my humor, mostly. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. What do you All think? Right. <laughs> I, well, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll speak for myself, not for you. But Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, wow, she's hilarious. But Really? Uh, what I was wow. Th- you just don't you know understand the high level right, sophisticated. Right, so let me humor. say something real nice about you. Here's what no, I would say. No, I don't want it. Okay. Don't, you don't try want to it? appease right. me. Right. Don't try to appease okay. me. All right. You already insulted my card shuffling and my sense of humor. Oh, your card shuffling. I got <laughs> you know what? Can we just like can you take about a 10 second clip of this and just show people your your facial expressions it, while you're you mixing don't... the cards, <laughs> while you're shuffling the cards? I mean, goodness gracious. All right. Uh so for me. Well, first of all, I want to I want to answer this question for you. Here's what I would think. Here's what I would think. I would say, uh, God would. I think God would. Not, I don't think he would see you as funny, but I think what he would do is that he would probably like say, "Look at Sua to to everyone else in heaven. Look at her because she's able to bring a lot of joy and happiness to people." I think that's well, what God. You know would what? Say. Okay, I accept yeah. it. I accept right? it. Right, and nice. I know your husband would agree with that. Your kids nice. and everyone who knows you, they would say that. Okay, so for me. Uh, I think what God would say is, look at that Peter. He's still like a little kid. <laughs> he acts but like a, a little way. kid. In a good way, but like, yeah, but immature. You know, he's, he's he's still like a little kid and he's still got like that childlike faith. And I think that's what he would say. Mm. But and and um and uh yeah, and say in the midst of all this stuff that you know he knows that what's mm-hmm. kind of wrong with him, he's really trying. Like look you, he's really trying to pursue me the best he can. And um and I think that's what he would say. So, but PP, I'm cheating a little bit because I've read all your papers. But wasn't there something that God actually said to you that you are? Wasn't Ooh. there a word that you received from God after fasting, and God was like, "This is who you are, Peter." Hello, are you forgetting? Why, why, yeah, why don't you share with the audience? Wait, is, am I hallucinating, or did you lie for your paper? Did you not say which that in one, your class? Is? In your class, you had to do like a thing where, you know, God has a name for all of us, like an alternate name for all of us. And you really wanted to get a name. And so you and God wasn't responding. So you like did this whole fasting. And at the very end, God gave you a different name. That's right. I forgot the name, though, Sua. Sua, what was the name? I forgot. Wait, are you joking right now? No, no. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Are you seriously? Are you? Did you? you, God gives you a name and you forgot i forgot the name it's oh been gosh. so long Sula, how you that was years oh ago that was years ago god you said you're a man of humility oh that's right that's oh, right on. okay that's right that's right you're so, okay you know what you're so humble, humble that you forgot the label because <laughs> you couldn't dare say steal just God, glory from god that's right man of humility that's right that's right yeah, I'm that, shaking that. my head at you right now. I hope the viewers <laughs> can see that. I was trying so hard to remember. I completely forgot. But now that you said it, absolutely. I heard that loud and clear. How do you forget what God has told you? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. 
<laughs> I can't believe I forgot it too. I feel so bad. <laughs> now I feel guilty. Hurry up and shuffle those cards, girl. Let's get to the second card right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. This one's very simple. What is your favorite family tradition and why? Oh, okay. Uh, two. Uh, we have uh, we have family nights, but family nights could either be you know worship night. Or it could be like a movie night. We watch something together, or like a sh- we watch a show together. So you know, that's kind of what we do, and our kids love it. You know, my daughter is twenty one and eighteen, and my son's seventeen. And we still, they still love family nights. Mm. They still want it, and uh, and I, I'm like, I'll do it as long, you know, as you guys want me to. But the only problem with me sometimes, like, because you know, they like to stay up later, but man, like once it starts at nine thirty, like that's why we can't watch movies. <laughs> Because I fall asleep. So I'm like, okay, let's watch something like one hour, all right? So we can watch together. But they love family nights. And so we love doing that, especially during the pandemic. I mean, we watched, we binged uh, This Is Us. And it was like so powerful. And oh, uh, even show. my kids, yeah, This Is Us. And my my sh- my kids say like, it was just so, it was so amazing. Like they just, even Christian says, I, I really missed the pandemic because like we were having family nights every mm-hmm. night, you know, and that was like a fond memory that they had. So they, they, you know, although the world was going crazy, they just, I think, you know, they really enjoy that. It got us, you know, brought us closer together. Uh, that's, that's probably the highlight. Um, and then the other thing I think we love doing, we just love traveling together, doing vacations together. That's like really special for us. You know, every year they're like, Hey, where are we going this year? What are we doing? And so, uh, they, they, they like to go and travel and, and my kids actually really like each other. So they like doing this. So it's good for them. So uh, those that. would be my two. Yeah. Yeah. Those would be my two. What about you? Mine is, um, I mean, I have like, you know, like, yeah, you're right. Like we love traveling together. Although right now, like this age, I feel like it's easier to do family traditions mm-hmm. because they're so young and they still like us. Like, yeah, um, they like us, not that they won't like us when they're older, but they like us in that way that only children can really like their parents. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, but one thing that I was, I keep hoping that maybe they'll grow out of it, but now I'm like, I guess they're never going to grow out of it is, um, on their birthdays you know, at the dinner table, we all have like a chair that we sit in, right? Um, We usually sit in the same chair. I wrap the birthday person's chair with wrapping paper and put a bunch of balloons on it. So when they wake up in the morning and they come downstairs, their chair is wrapped. That's so cool. Um, Idea was given to me by Christy Vinson. Shout out to Christy Vinson. Wow. Um, So I started doing this and I didn't realize like how important it was to them until one day I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) I had to buy like $70 worth of balloons to make it up because the person, because he was so upset. And I was like, oh my gosh. That's a lot of wrapping paper too, right? To wrap a chair. That's why I was trying to phase it out. So now I just go to the dollar store and just buy like the crappiest. Phase it out. Because it's so expensive. It's so yeah, expensive like, that's, that's and it's a such lot. a waste yeah, it's of once wrapping a paper. Year. It's once you do it twice for you know one of you, for your book uh, for but your But you know girls. what was really funny is when so right now like the kids are older, but when the kids were younger, they would get jealous on each other's birthdays, right? So there was one day when I did Audrey's birthday chair, it was really, really nice. They had like flower stems and everything. And the next day, Lila walks down the stairs and starts immediately ripping down the birthday chair. Like she just oh started ripping God. it all apart. Like, it's not your birthday anymore. Oh like, my, my father-in-law goodness. was yeah. So my father-in-law was staying with us at the time, and he he was watching this, and he's like, "This is just like you know when a new king has come, and they have to get rid of all of the previous, oh you know, previous kings hilarious. like concubines and all the statues that is and stuff." So- she funny. just like was ripping it down. Oh my god! I really witnessed her sinful nature in that moment. That is nuts. That is absolutely nuts. Yes. Okay. Wow. Good answer. Good answer. All right. All right. I'm gonna shuffle, shuffle, girl. Shuffle. <laughs> what? Can you not order me around? <laughs> come on. Come on. Okay. If you had to live in another country, which one would mm. you choose? South Africa. I thought you were gonna say yeah. Korea. Uh yeah. I mean Korea, but no. You would I, live I, I, in South Africa. If I could choose any place like in the where? world, where would you go to? Like the villages, or are you going to live in like Cape Town, or like? No, 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 no. I would, I would live specifically in KwaZulu Natal. I would probably live uh, if I had my own. If, okay, so if I had my way, I would have a house in Peter Maritzburg. But I would also you thought this out. Oh yeah. Also, I would um, if I had enough money, I would buy a house at the Jorgensburg. You know, just so you have two the mountains. Houses. Yeah, yeah, because I don't know if I could live in a country like twenty four seven. 
So I think I need some people and and I got to be able to like go to the markets and stuff like that. But Dragonsburg is like, oh, it is just so breathtaking. It was so, it's so breathtaking. So I, I know that in the end, when I retire, you know, because I'm, I'm only, man, I'm 16 years away from retiring. So uh, like- Are you saying I that think because I, it's far away or because it's close? It's so close. 15 mm. years, that's it. You know, so like I think about that and- like I think I could live in Korea, like for work and things like that. But if I wanted to retire, I would never retire in a city. You cannot pay me to retire mm-hmm. in a city. Take me to the country. I want to retire, you know, and, and just so I can reflect and and just be around like mountains and all that kind of stuff. And Dragonsburg is like one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. And uh, can't wait because I'm going back to South Africa in May and haven't been there since the pandemic. And so it's been like, yeah, I can't wait to go back and just be there because it's like a home away from home. So. I would pick South Africa. How about you? Guatemala? Yeah, I'm like thinking, I'm thinking about, no, I don't, I don't want to no. go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, it was crazy because when I think about growing up in Guate, um, in the 80s. So I would 90s, love for us to do a, sh- like travel to Guate mm-hmm. and Josue can take us. And uh, from our, he's a pastor in our staff and we could do like a, like a video show, <laughs> you know, just kind of like where you grew up. recently messaged me. And joking, I'm sure 100% he was joking. He yeah. was like, oh, if we launch a Spanish-speaking service, you can come as the first uh, like Asian to speak, do a sermon in Spanish. <laughs> he is too much, that guy. I was man. like, you do not. I'm going to wear see-through pants. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, inside joke. Okay. Um, I would say, you know what? Like, to be honest, I'm pretty... Okay, I was going to say I'm, I'm fine living in America, but I think sometimes like i don't want to live here because of the gun violence it really scares me yeah um and and just the politics of this country is just outrageous so i will say and i know this is neither here nor there but given the episode i think it's okay i've been thinking a lot about the united states as a country and i feel like i'm not giving it enough credit for what it's trying to be and what I mean by that is I keep thinking about like well Korea doesn't do it like that and you know look at look at all the Scandinavian countries they don't do that and you know but if I really think about it there is countries like the best place to live in the world everyone right. says but I think yeah. there's no country that is like you the, the the United States is literally in a category of its own because yeah. no Scandinavian country is this diverse. No Scandinavian country is this physically large. Like no Scandinavian country or European country or Asian country that is like small and doing well that's not China um, <clears throat> is like this welcoming, quote unquote, welcoming. Because, you know, there's most countries you can't get a citizenship by just being born there. You know, like you have to prove mm. that your parents were there. Like there are generations mm-hmm. of Koreans in Japan who s- couldn't get citizenship because they were like, you're not Japanese, you know? So mm-hmm. America grants citizenship to anybody who is born here, you know? And I feel like there's certain things that I have been comparing and I've been very harsh about America because of all the race issues and the politics and, you know, the division and all these things. But then I've recently been looking at like, I've been zooming out a little bit and trying to see like what, why we have all these issues and honestly, there's no other country that's at least or at least pretends. I'm not saying America is there, but America at least has these tenets that I think they're trying to work through. It's just that it's such a young country. And I think they just don't know how to do it. You know, mm. I mean, what other country has this many immigrants? Is this diverse? Is this big? Like, literally, I think Korea is smaller than the state of New York. So, New of Jersey. course, yeah. 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 So, of course, if you have a country yeah. that's small with a completely homogenous population, you're going to be a lot easier to agree on things. Did, did you, you know? hear about what they're trying to do right now? Korea, Korea is trying to adapt to a 69 hour work week. I thought they already have it. Right now it's 50. No, it's 50. Week. Right now it's 50 something. I forget what it is, but they're, I feel they, like they that's want like to implement formal. it. I feel like informally they do work about that. Man, it's just, they're going to kill the, 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 the countries that uh, they're at a declining growth rate because nobody wants to have kids. It's too hard to survive in that country yeah. because of the, because of life is just so difficult. You, and if somebody works that much, not going to enjoy life. That's why Europe be a good place to retire. Europeans know how to live, man. They take so many holidays and they try to like, they balance life and work and stuff like that. So anyway, okay. So you I, would stay in the U.S. Um, what state? Maybe, no, what state? No. I wouldn't want to go no? to Hawaii. No, no, you don't want to live in Hawaii. Yes, I do. Yes, you I do. For retirement, no, I do. I don't want to raise my kids there. I don't really want to live there like regularly. But I would love to just go there 
once I retire. I I I I don't think you would you'd be able to. Why? Oh. Why? I've because been there like three so... times at this point. Yeah, because you just visit. You never lived there for a little bit. Like I lived there. But for you think a I'd month. get island I, fever? Oh, get me out of there because it, it's so slow. It's like ultra but slow. But that doesn't bother me. Oh, you don't especially gonna if I'm John. retired. Where do I have to go? No, I just I just think growing. Uh, you know, you grew up pretty much. You know, a big part of your life, uh, especially your formidable years in the New York, but New I'm Jersey area. Now. Yeah, but you're you're an adult, different, right? But listen, I'm just telling you. I don't Sula, know why you have to I was, disagree with my own choice right, about where on, I want to go. All right, go. go 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 enjoy Hawaii. Go enjoy Hawaii. <laughs> enjoy those roaches in your house. I was, I was gonna house. say if you said something yeah. about like the roaches, those, then no, maybe. no, those. Well, oh, that that's 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 for sure. That's just normal. It doesn't matter what kind of house you have. I never it saw just, a single cockroach when I went to Hawaii, and I've been three because times. You because you stayed in hotels. Yeah, I just need to get a good exterminator. If I can afford to live in Hawaii, I can afford to get a freaking exterminator. It's not an exterminator. Exterminator. Wait, what? What do I need then? You're a tropical island. There's there's, there's nothing you can do to get rid of them. I mean, I talk to guys. Exterminators who, don't work in tropical climates. No, no unless they come Is like this every evidence week, based, or are you just pulling evidence based? Your... I lived there for a month, man. It was crazy. The stuff that we encountered in the house we stayed in, we we're like, oh my god. But gosh. you know what? The other city that I would want to live in is madrid i really really like madrid mm. spain oh really mm-hmm. why i just love the vibe why? you know when you go to i can't really? explain it but you know you know when you go to a place and you just like the vibe so mm. i will tell you for example like i went to nashville a couple of years ago i okay hated it like i hated the moment i landed <laughs> until the moment i left i was so unhappy because really? i just hated the vibe Wow. Yeah, it was like uh, it felt like it felt like oppressive to me. Like I just did not like it. There was something very like not happy about the vibe and I just didn't like okay. it. Okay. Oh, so um, it's like more about like you sense it like with your spirit, right? I don't know. I'm not like a super okay. spiritual person, okay. but I just sorry, I just hit my microphone. I just didn't like it. But there's okay. like certain places okay. that I go and I just really love the vibe. So oh, like so I remember madrid. I went to Madrid and mm. I was just walking around and I was like this place like I could live here. Like wow. it was just such a good vibe. Okay. Can't explain it. Can't explain yeah, it. You know, I, I've I've been to Madrid and I never got that vibe there. So but maybe that's it's cool. Latin Latin connection. Oh yeah. You know what? Of course, because you could just go there and start communicating. That's what it is. Of yeah, course. Okay. All right. You're all right. Come on. Let's I'm go shuffle. next. Shuffle shuffle. shuffle, 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 shuffle. Okay. What figure from history do you admire the most? You can't say Jesus. Okay. Oh, is that a Jesus? No, you can't say Jesus. Right. I can't say Paul. Nobody in the Bible, right? Nobody in the Bible. Well, it could. I mean, no, fine. Not you know what? Okay, fine. You no, know no, what? Because no, Paul would be my my biggest. Wait, uh, why Paul? Because there's so because he like wrote most of the New Testament. I don't. I don't. I mean, I mean, I'm sure God would figure it out, but you and I would not be Christians today if it wasn't for Paul. I you mean, don't think God could have used somebody else? I mean, I'm sure he could have, but Paul. I mean, we got to call him the father of Gentile Christianity. You know, because without him and what he what God called him to do. You know, it's they wouldn't have it wouldn't have spread because I mean Christianity was just exclusive to Jerusalem at the time. So is Paul your favorite Bible character? Uh, well, no, no, I aspire to be like a Paul. Oh, I see. But I'm more like a Peter. I was just gonna I say that's really ironic because <laughs> I would not peg you a Paul. As a Paul? No, because Paul no. is Paul is like, I mean, Paul is a Pharisee, but, but like Paul's Paul, Paul's like perfection. And that, aren't you a Paul? You think Paul's perfection? Oh, he's pretty Killed, much like a bunch of no, people. No, no, no. But once he became a Christian, the dude was almost oh. perfect. Yeah, but that's because so, he had so aren't you a Paul? Depravity. In your in your um, didn't you tell me that in your enneagram you're like a Paul? Yeah, and apostle? I told you who you were, and you were very unhappy. Well, who was I? David. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you not agree? No, I I don't know. I don't know. Well, you don't like maybe. women. You don't like dancing. I like women. Oh, I don't like dancing. And I'm not. I thought yeah. you wanted to dance the night away. That's a direct quote from you. <laughs> All right. Come on. W- w- uh, so for me, let's let's not use the Bible. Okay. okay let's not use okay. the Bible. That's cheating. Oh, well, I, you know, being that you're a much more learned woman, I'm going to let you go first. A learned person. You've done a lot more. I don't studying. know. Dave, I'm I mean, I, sh- I should be able to answer this because, you know, my mom was obsessed with having us read 
biographies. So mm. she bought like an entire set, like it was in Korean and it was like two sets of biographies and one set was Kore- famous Korean people and the other mm. set was famous like non-Korean people. Mm. But mm-hmm. I remember there was one in the Western people that was like Jesus Christ. Mm. And my mom got so pissed. She like threw out the book because the book ends when Jesus dies. Mm. And she was like, the point of Jesus' life was to be resurrected. This is crap. <laughs> so she like <laughs> the book. I still remember. Like, she was so mad. My and then goodness. I remember like I fished it out of the trash and I was like reading it. And I yeah. said to my mom, I said, but it said Jesus was a really good person. Like it doesn't say he was bad. She's like, that, you're missing the point. It's not about That's him being right. a good person. It's about That's being right. bad. So anyway, That's right. My mom was That's very right. Your mom's so super spiritual. I got so much my respect for her. Very passionate. So um, much respect. I don't know. I, you know what? It's so. I'm not. I guess I'm not learned. You are. I, can't, I mean, I, you can. You can just be like, oh, Bonhoeffer. He's great. Well, um, I, that's so. That's who I would say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if there was anyone that I I really respect, I've done a lot of his reading. Uh, would be Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He tef, uh, He probably would be the guy that I would really, you know, um, yeah, admire and respect tremendously because of what he did and. What what made Bonhoeffer so special? And I was explaining this. I was I, I spoke at Alex's church this weekend, and there was a guy, and this guy just I mean I didn't know, but he, was doing, he does a PhD in philosophy uh, at the University of Wisconsin. So he and I were just kind of talking about certain things, and we were talking about Bonhoeffer, and he's a philosophy guy. And I said, what made Bonhoeffer so special was because his ethic was completely different than secular ethics. Because secular ethics is about what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Bonhoeffer didn't believe in that. He didn't think that was good spiritual eth- that was like a godly ethic. He he truly believed our job is not to figure out what's right or wrong. Our job is to discern what God is calling us to mm-hmm. do. And once we do it, we'll know if it was right or wrong when we get to heaven. And that's why he was able to have an ethic and an understanding of saying, I am going to go and kill Hitler because he is killing Jesus. Because hmm. right? Bonhoeffer truly believed that Jesus is amongst the poor and the oppressed. And when he was when he came over, and this was his story is so beautiful. When he came over and he did his uh he did his postdoc at 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 Union Theological Seminary, he attended, you know, um he attended a black church in Harlem. And he just encountered, you know, black church is just amazing. The spirit moves, and he just encountered like the spirit in a way he's never encountered before. And he realized that, oh my God, God is truly with, you know, people who mm-hmm. are hurting the poor, the marginalized. Mm. And that's how he developed this theology of saying, you know, if that's the case, then Hitler is killing Jesus. And so he's like, I'm going to go kill Hitler. Now people will say, but that's wrong. He's like, no, it's not right or wrong. Like we, we don't know at the end of the day, we'll know what's right or wrong. When we get to heaven. But right now I know, and I'm sensing in my, my spirit that God's calling me to go and kill Hitler. And that's what he did. He gave his life to that. And he ended up getting killed instead of Hitler getting killed. So that is so wild, I really respect though. that. <clears throat> that is such that's a so wild. wild. And that guy is so brilliant. He got his first PhD at the age of 19. So you can just imagine how brilliant this guy is. And for him to believe that to the point where he was willing to die for it, I truly respect that. I truly respect that. Oh, it, so. you know what? I have one. I have Who? one. And it's just, I don't know why this is just like, salient in my brain right now because there's a lot of people that have admired um but Catherine of drexel okay it's Catherine drexel but i always call her Catherine of drexel and everyone richard Wong, is always like it's not Catherine of drexel it's just Catherine drexel but she <laughs> is amazing and i remember when i read her wikipedia mm. I, I was just so blown away because i couldn't mm. believe that somebody could live like this and basically long story short her story is that, she, you know, Drexel is a very famous last name. Like she was an yes. heiress in Pennsylvania. Like she was she was set to like inherit like millions and millions of dollars, live super comfortably for the rest of her life. Like she was going to be set for life mm. and have everything that the world would want for themselves. Right. Yeah. And she gave it all up, donated it all to basically open a school for black and Native American children mm. and live as a nun. And she had and the thing that's crazy to me about that is not just the fact that she did that because i think a lot of people you know like donate money and you know sacrifice um but i remember the thing that was really striking for me was that there were multiple like threats on her life 
for serving mm-hmm. a population that a lot of the majority did not want her to serve mm-hmm. and they were they would call her like n-word lover and things like this and they even there was one time they even found a bomb that somebody had buried under the school that she teaches at and the only reason why they didn't wow. die was because it just failed to detonate um mm. but she never she never cowered despite all of the threats that these other people would put on her life and the things that mm. she did and i feel like there's something about you know it's like not to get like all overly biblical about it but you know even in like that whole passage about um jesus and the disciples being on the boat and the disciples are like freaking out because they're so scared and jesus is like like basically like do you not have faith like why are you so scared yeah. and i feel yeah. like there's yeah. something about people like that who are so keenly aware of who yeah. god is yep. that they're not scared like they nope. just don't ha- they li- they don't live in fear because mm-hmm. They're, they just know who God is and they know yeah. who they are. And so they're yeah. freed from making decisions based on fear. And so they're able to do exactly what God wants them to do because they are mm-hmm. not distracted mm-hmm. by fear, yeah. which I guess resonates with me because I do have fears. And, you know, something about like ironic about being a parent is that we have, I had never had, I've never had this many fears until I became a parent. Like I was not a fearful, Mm. anxious person. And the moment I became a parent, like I just think of worst case scenarios. That's where my mind goes. So if I find not, these are all hypothetical scenarios, but if I found like a cigarette in my daughter's backpack, I have not found a cigarette in my daughter's backpack yet, but let's say I did, I would freak out. And it's not that I'm freaking out because I found one cigarette. I'm freaking out because I've already imagined that in 10 years, she's going to be overdosing and dead in the gutter somewhere. Like that's where my mind goes. And I think, so something about being able to live a life where you're so rooted in God and his love and a whole different um, just world that you're not making decisions and living your life paralyzed by fear is so astounding to me. Mm. Um, And so, and that's why she was able to leave this legacy of teaching black and native American children who nobody Mm. else wanted to teach, Mm. you know, and she was able to do it without any fear because, or maybe she Mm. had fear, but she still stuck through it and was like, yeah, everyone has fear. She just was never paralyzed by fear. That's the key, right? She was able to grapple with it and deal with it. But, you know, like I think for her, her fear became fuel for her faith, mm. right? And so sometimes for us, the the majority of us, we get paralyzed by our fears. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but real f- like faith people, people who really have tremendous faith in God, you know, fear is like fuel for their faith. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Cool. All right. Do we have more time? Yeah, we got a little bit more, more time. Okay. No, that's boring. I'm not gonna do that one. <laughs> yeah. I reject it. By the way, can I just ask you where did you get these cards? Did you think, these oh, are, I'm going to get this from the podcast? These are, no, these are from a, no, these were actually from a store um, that is part of another podcast that I used to listen to. Oh, okay. Um, And they were plugging in. I was like, you know what? This is probably fun for the podcast, but also to like ask my kids sometimes at dinner. Okay. okay. Um, so, okay. <clears throat> what, this is a Christian question or a faith question. What aspects about faith do you find most difficult? Hmm. Hmm. Do you want me to go? Yeah. I think yeah. I have one. I think for me, re- like the thing that is, I don't, I, I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but I don't like the uncertainty of it. Like, I don't like the ambiguity of, of it. faith. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like the, it's so much of, so much of faith is about just trusting god but god doesn't really tell you exactly a map yeah and i wish there was like a spiritual gps that would just be like turn right turn left go 300 feet and then do what you turn like i just wish i could have like the next 10 years of a roadmap from god and he's Mm. like this is exactly how you should live your life and this is what's going to happen but i think so much of it is i don't know and you know kind of like what you said about bonover it's like Sometimes you don't even know what you're doing is the right thing. You just have to trust that this is God and God's telling you to do it. And so you just do it. And for somebody like me who likes very clear cut answers and very black and white things that are right versus wrong, like good versus Mm -hmm. evil, it's really hard for me to navigate it when I don't. And I I know, I know like the spiritual answer is like, yeah, but you know who like. Right. 
God is. Like, you know who, even though you don't know the what. But sometimes I really would like to know the what. Sure. I, you know, it's so funny. I, I, uh, I teach, I teach class, a leadership class at, uh, city of the city. It's a part of that redeemer extension yeah. and it's like their <laughs> seminary. Um, and so I teach a leadership class there. And one of the guys asked me, what was the hardest thing about church planting? And I said, having faith in God, that was like mm-hmm. the hardest thing mm-hmm. about planting That's a church a Be- because you don't know where you, you don't know if it's going to work or not. You don't know if this thing is going to succeed. And you know, a lot of it was like, I'm coming out of seminary with zero ministry experience. You know, I mean, I was How a second career pastor. I was 29. That's and really uh, yeah, you know, and when we launched officially, I was 30. And so it was just like, I didn't know what the heck I was doing, but you, know, you just got to trust that God is leading you in that way. So yeah, I think for me, the, my greatest kind of uh, struggle I had with faith is that what it takes sometimes, um, uh, at least in my, my experiences, what it takes for me to really grow in faith. You know, what I mean by that is that there's so much, at least from my experience, so much, not just trusting what God wants you to do, but in order for me to really grow deeper in my faith, man, just like there's so much self-denial that I have to grow, go through and, um, learning to, you know, just deny myself more regardless of, you know, what might've happened to me or what, you know, what wrong somebody might have done to me. Uh, at the end of the day, like I got to like try to see those as these people are not just trying to hurt me, but at the end of the day, they're like gifts that maybe God has given to me so that I can learn to forgive so that I can learn to, you know, continue to try to, you know, see them in the best light, things like that. And I think those are hard. Those are, those are really difficult Mm. uh, because I think our natural desire or propensity is that when somebody hurts you or says something to hurt you, it does something to hurt you or disrespects you, um, you just get furious and they become like your enemy. Mm-hmm. And I've learned over the last couple of years and just through some really mature mentors is not that I need to be a punching bag, of course not, but at the same time to realize that those are invitations for God to help us to grow so that we can die to ourselves and um, and so that we can see ourselves more as God's servant you know, in that way. So anyway, to me, that's probably the, the my one of my greatest struggles with faith. Um, I think I'm okay with, you know, sort of, cause I've done it before. I've developed these eyes of faith where I can just kind of look at the past with what God has done through Metro. And I think if God would call me to do something else, I think I could do it, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's oftentimes the struggle that you got to go through. It's this, at the end of the day, the best thing I can say is you, know, you, you can't really grow in faith unless you're willing to deny yourself. Right. And then for <laughs> some of us, I don't think we, so you know how some people say like, oh, you know what? I don't know if like I have enough faith for this, so I can't do it yet. One day when I have more faith, then I'll do it, right? I just got to grow my faith. Man, that's baloney, man. Because when you look at the parable of the talents, it says that God gave to each servant according to their abilities, right? According to their abilities. That means what we have to do is we got to take ownership of those abilities. Now, God will stretch us, of, of course, mm-hmm. but it's not about us growing in more faith. You know what our issue is I've learned over the years? We just don't have a tolerance for discomfort. That's, That's exactly issue. what I was just saying. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's not that we lack faith. We just don't want to be uncomfortable. And it's like, no, I'm like, but you can't, like, it's like, you know, you working out with that tonal system, you know, yeah. like it's telling you. It's too easy. You got to rack this up and put more pounds and you, you're feeling the pain and the pressure. That's how you grow and that's how you get more muscles and stuff like that. It's the same way with faith. You're not going to grow in faith and comfort. It comes when we, you know, when we're really struggling and, and when it's uncomfortable. And so, yeah, I think that's that's the part. So but anyway, do you know, yeah. what's interesting is um, it starts that 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 um, instinct to be comfortable and to not commit to anything that makes you yeah. feel uncomfortable. It starts so early because, you know, um, Audrey, my younger daughter, um, she has a way with words and sometimes <laughs> yes, she, she does. will sometimes like, so recently, like she lied to me about something and I found out she lied to me. So I had this whole talk with her about how we shouldn't lie. And I said, Audrey, so don't lie. Okay. And she looks at me and she says, I'll try not to lie. And I said, no, I said, Audrey, world, I don't girl. want you to try. I want you to just do it. I want you to just not yeah, lie. Yeah, and she yeah, goes, okay, yeah. but how do I know? Maybe I, I don't want to break my promise. What if I do? So I'll try not to lie. And I'm like, you know, and then I had this like revelation in that moment where I was like, oh my God, this is what I do with God. Like, this is what I always say to God when I pray, like, God, help me 
not yeah. to do this and yeah. how, just don't do it but god's yeah. like i gave you the power yeah. to not yeah. do this so why do you keep praying to me saying help me not to lie <laughs> just don't lie you have the power not to do it yeah. and you know yeah. and i was like oh my gosh this is literally the exact same thing that even though obviously it's very different versions like Audrey, yes. she can't commit. Yes. He's giving herself a way out. That's what she's yes. doing, right? Yes. And this is me when I pray to God saying, God, give me the strength yep. to do this. God, give me the faith to do this. I'm giving myself a way out in case yeah. I don't feel comfortable enough to do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so yeah. completely get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so it's not really about a me, faith thing. It's just about, <laughs> yeah, tolerance for discomfort. Like we don't Thoughts have and prayers that. for me raising this child. <laughs> So you know, you know, you know. Here, here's my advice. All right. So do what my wife did, because when Christian was like three or four years old, um, you know, he was lying, and so Jenny's like, okay, caught you lying this time, but the next time you lie, she reaches into the kitchen, she goes into the kitchen, uh, takes out a wooden spoon, oh, she boy. puts it on the table, and she goes, if the next time I see you lie, I'm gonna hit you with this, but I'm gonna let you determine how many times I can hit you with this. So Christian, the next time you lie, how many times do you want me to hit me, you oh, with gosh. this? And he didn't have any concept of numbers at that time. He just like, he didn't no. know. Like, was, you know how many times he said? He said 15. Oh my gosh. Like hit me 15 times. She goes, okay, so the oh next time gosh. you lie, I'm going to hit you 15 times. And she, he goes, yeah. And, it, and then he lied. And so she smacked, she, she took the she wooden spoon, it. but she did it really, like she didn't do it that hard for like 12 of them, right? The she first gave 12. three big ones. She had to. She had to make him. She had. It had to hurt enough for him to realize I better not lie okay, anymore. But because I if, feel she, if she like, did it light, no, you're no. I get it, but I feel like eight is kind of uh, too old at this point for like that to work. It is because too old. I feel like once you can reason with your child, it's so yeah. shameful to like beat them. Well, well, you I know? Mean, she's so and she's so clever. That's the thing. She's so clever. She won't commit. She won't yeah. commit to. I won't lie. Yeah. I'll try, yeah. and then she can just be like, "Well, I tried," but. My point is, we do the same exact thing. And at the end of the day, God, there's more absolutely. similarities between her and me than me and God, obviously. It's, it's, so it's, it's just sad. It just yeah, made me very it, sad about the state of who I am at the end of the day. One more, we're done. Okay. I'm going to pick a good one. Okay. I might veto some. Veto? Okay. It's too hard. <laughs> it's too hard. Oh, okay. You know what? You might be able to do this one. Okay. What is the best compliment <laughs> that you've ever received? Oh, that's a good one. Hmm. Hmm. What about you, Sua? You start first. I'm trying to think. Okay, here. this is I don't know if this is a um a compliment, but I'll say I'll I'll start with this one because I just think it's so so it goes with the theme of Audrey being the way she is with the words. So Audrey loves me like no human has ever loved me in my life. Mm. Like she just has so much love. And you know, mm. when like, even when she's like looking at me, like she has like hearts mm. coming out of her eyes. Like I can just like see them. Like she just Aww. loves me. And mm. um, it's um, unfortunately, it's also made her a bit deluded about my qualities. Like it's very distorted. So I'll give you an example. No, right? she like, just thinks her mom's the best. That's well, awesome. No, so let me tell you. And it, like, so she would say things like when I would go to her class, like for an event or whatever, she would say things like out of all the mommies here, you are the most mm. beautiful mom. And I'm so proud. Like she would say things like Aww. this. And, you know, obviously I don't believe her like to be objective because you she's gotta my believe daughter. Her. No, no, no. I believe that In she believes world. that, but I don't actually yeah. think I am the most beautiful okay, mom there. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's part of me that like wants to believe it. Right. But all of these things, I realized how crazy and deluded they were one time because you remember when Audrey and Lila were part of the Christmas choir at the church I attend at Vineyard? Mm -hmm, they were mm -hmm. doing the Christmas. You don't remember. Mm -hmm. they were no, no, I do Christmas. remember. I do remember. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I remember. No, 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 I, I do. I, I remember okay, I, so said, I wanted you to post a video of them singing. So they were part of the choir and the, the person who was leading the children's choir, she was such a good singer. Like she was such a good singer. That John one time was watching her and was like, is she a professional? Like, she's just so good. And so... The choir director? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we came home and I was we were talking about how she's so good. And wow, like her worship is just amazing. And Audrey looks at me and goes, I think you're a better singer than her. And that's when I realized how completely deluded all of the other deluded. comments that she, she was made about me. All right, she cray cray. <laughs> that's when I was like, yeah, 
zero percent truth in any of these like her truth it's her truth but like objectively zero percent truth um but this is one thing that she says to me because she used to say to me you're my favorite mommy like you're my favorite person but then i guess it 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 got to a point where like she wanted to express and convey to me how much she loved me but the words were not suffice like they were not sufficient so she started saying this thing to me and it was born out of like the moment of her like feeling the need to like tell me how much she loves me and she said to me you're my favorite everything and the whole everything Mm. that's what she said and it was like a thing that she came out and now it's her thing she says to me all the time she says mommy you're my favorite everything and the whole everything um and i feel like to me even though that makes absolutely no actual sense um the fact that like she somebody loves me like that is so crazy like she loves me so much that words can't explain to me how much love she has Mm. for me and it's not because i think lila doesn't love me it's just that audrey is wired in a certain way where she just loves so hard Mm -hmm. john is very concerned about her when she becomes a teenager like she's like what if she falls for a guy and he's her favorite everything and the whole everything and then he dumps her like (laughs) and i you know i feel his like his concern because um Mm. She just loves so hard. And um, That's yeah, so I feel great. like it's like un- unadulterated, pure love. For now, your can parents. I ask you, can I ask you, does she do that with John too? You're the best Negative. guy in the world. <laughs> Negative. Negative. <laughs> so, you know what? Then I don't know. I think there's credibility to what she's saying then, you know? No, no, I way, believe so. her. It's just that yeah. um, when she yeah. tells me things like, mommy, you're the best dressed or mommy, Negative. you're the prettiest. Now I know it's the same type of objective truth as mom yeah. you're the be- better singer than the professional singer that was our that, choir director now that was hilarious mm-hmm. that was yeah. hilarious so um yeah okay you <laughs> all right so here's what i was saying uh we, this is recent and you know when i first started metro i was like young and i was always kind of like the younger one in the in, in the church and now that i'm getting older um we have so many young people coming to the church and, you know, I think I, I just never saw myself as like a spiritual father. And uh, we had a staff retreat this past October. And, you know, I'm, is it okay for me to share their names or do you think I should just keep it sort of amb- uh, ambiguous staff members? Depends on the staff member. Like no, share I, all I, I the dirt think... about Steve Bang. He doesn't care, but I don't know. About no, the no, other no, 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 no. So I will say this, um, uh, you know, uh, the, the staff were just, it, it, it was it was a tough season of ministry and they and they all decided to like you know we usually have like only three can share mm-hmm. affirmation mm-hmm. Uh, affirm this person but the staff were all like okay listen we're gonna everyone has to share for peter i'm like no that's the last because i don't I'm, I'm not too crazy about the affirmation time myself and uh but they're like everyone went around they start sharing but and they were all so deeply profound you know but uh two of the guys doug and ij they said to me you are my spiritual father Hmm. And I was like, what? Like, I just never thought oh, in wow. a million years. Because I think that's wow. like, you know, David, you know, Hosang, Kevin Swanson. And they boasted that, you know, you're my spiritual father. And I just, it really touched me. Hmm. And, uh, you know, you know, you know, I, I think I'm a good, you know, dad to my kids. But, you know, I never grew up with a good role model of, of a earthly father. And hmm. the fact that like, you know, somehow that can translate into spiritual father. Like that's like, to me, what a compliment and uh, what an affirmation. And that really like, like humbled me when they said that. And that I wasn't prepared so for lovely. it. Yeah. It's so that. lovely. Yeah, I'm like spiritual that. father. Oh my gosh. So I'm like, yeah. I was like, and then part of it is like, it's yeah, I'm getting older too. But I think they just said like, you know, you've cared for me. You've loved me. You walk with me, you know, through my difficult times. And you've kind of showed me some, the way to kind of live for God. And so I was so touched by that. So touched. So thank you, Doug. And thank you, IJ, and to all the staff members. You guys are amazing. You guys and gals are absolutely amazing. So yeah, that's me. I love that. I love that. Yes. Um, <clears throat> before we finish, because I know you said okay. that was our last question. I have a yes. question for you. Another one? No, no, no. Very quickly. I'm just right. curious if you, this is literally totally off the cuff, but you said we have a like there's a lot of young people coming to Metro, yeah. but you know one of the big epidemics in the faith world is that young people are not yeah, going to yeah. church. So what yeah. do you think is going on with Metro that all these young people are coming? Do you have any clue? And you can't yeah, be like I it's just it's a, God. It's a it's a variety of different things. Um, I think like so when I say young, I'm talking like college kids. That is and young. Part of that 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and, and post college, right? Those are so, like your actual kids' age. Yeah, they're like my kids' yeah. age. So like these are like my kids, yeah. and um, so uh, so what happened was is that you know, uh, Pastor IJ, our youth pastor, started a, a college ministry. And kind of like IJ, whenever he starts something, you know, um, he always does like such a uh, an amazing job at the ministry. And he started with a handful of college kids, but I guess the the way he's been loving on the on these kids, on these college guys and gals, um, it just blew up, you know. And then they have their friends, and they're inviting them to come and be a part of the church, and just kind of it's like this domino effect. And it just keeps growing. So I got to give IJ a shout out for that one, you know, because he's really devotes himself to the youth ministry, but also the college ministry. And uh, and he's doing a great job with that. And I think it's just attracting a lot of young people. But the, the, the I think one of the other reasons and one of the key reasons, this sort of been in the DNA of our church from day one, and you know the Sua, it's really our vulnerability, you know, uh, that culture of vulnerability, weakness at the church and how it's shared on stage. And I think, you know, it's kind of like this thing that people have never heard before, you know, at church and they connect with God in, in that level of vulnerability and transparency. And uh, I think because of that, then they invite their friends to come check it out and stuff. And that's kind of, I think, how it happens. So, yep. So I that's, that's kind of really what... awesome. Yeah, it really is. It really yeah. is. And I mean, they're so young and I'm just like, you guys are like my kid's age and uh, and it's great. But yeah. So that was like the age I was when I first started coming to Metro. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I'm just so grateful. A lot of young newlyweds, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, we're just grateful for anyone who comes. But but it's just it's really invigorating to see a lot of these young young people come. And that's been really cool. And they're just such high quality people, too. We're just so grateful to have them. So, yeah, we're excited. We're excited. So, Sua, this was fun. Thank you so much for buying those cards. super fun. Thank you for buying those cards. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll, I'm gonna. Um, what is Could it? you please Why have your you husband go? teach you how to shuffle next time, so it's not so comical when you I do don't it? Know if he knows. He probably knows how to shuffle, right? Oh, 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 I'm sure he knows how to. I'm sure. What? Go, what? What is that supposed to mean? You can go like. Like is like addicted to card games and games. I'm sure he's played a few card games in his life with his. You don't think I've played a few card? Definitely not, because because you think gambling is a sin. I don't think gambling is a sin. Yes, sure, just. Please, like a 10 second video of your face when you shuffle. It's hilarious because you're trying so hard and you're trying to like look cute at the same I'm time. Very it's hilarious. It's very effortless. No, 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 it's not. Anyway. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. Any comments, any thoughts, please, please let us know. And uh, I think eventually we're going to do a social media sort of post on ask us anything. So any questions you might have, we'd love to gather them. And we will do a whole episode on that. We'll answer all of your questions. All right. So thank you so much for joining us. Have a great week. See you next week.